Amen. Well, for the Sundays of December, we've been uh, turning our thoughts to Christmas, of course, to the Lord Jesus, uh, becoming one of us, stepping in to save us. Uh, Over three weeks, we've been thinking about Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. So in the past, where did Christmas come from in the great big Bible storyline? Christmas present, what does it mean to us, and why does it matter today? And Christmas future, where is Christmas headed? It's not the end of the story, so, so what is? And today we finish up Uh, this little series with Christmas future. And for that, we're off to Revelation 21. If you're using a paper Bible, it's quite easy to find. Uh, It's the second last of all 1,189 chapters of the Bible. So uh, Revelation 21, quite straightforward to find. If you're using uh, a phone or something like that, I suppose it's no more difficult or no more easy than any other passage. But Revelation 21, we're going to read the first four verses, and then we'll read five verses from a bit further on in the chapter. And I'll let you know uh, when we get to there. So, Revelation chapter 21, reading from verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And skipping down to verse 22. Verse 22, I did not see a temple in the city, writes the Apostle John, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And we finish our reading there, and this is God's word, and thanks be to God. Uh, what is your favorite story? Uh, maybe, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a movie. Uh, I'm reading a book uh, at the minute. In fact, I I just finished it last night, or was it in the little hours of this morning? I think it was the little hours this morning. I just finished it today. Uh, It's the last of a set of three books by C.S. Lewis, uh, sometimes called the Space Trilogy or the Cosmic Trilogy. The first time I read this book, I didn't realize that it was the last of a set of three. When I found that out, I I went off and bought books one and two and read them as well. And I think I've read the set uh, two or three times now. But imagine, though, that you only ever read the start of your favorite story. So when I found that trilogy, I read the end of it by accident. But imagine you only ever read the start. So uh, you love the story of Red Riding Hood. So you start reading it, and you read to the part where she hears that grandma's not very well, and she makes these lovely buns, uh, these iced buns or something, and, and, and sets off on the path through the forest uh, towards grandma's cottage with mum's warning about something about wolves, was it? Uh, kind of clear in her mind. Uh, and then you, you close the book and you think, well, 
I'm sure, I'm sure Red Riding Hood gets to Grandma's cottage safely, and look, uh, I'm sure they have buns, and then she comes home. That, that must be it. Uh, a lovely story. Wasn't that great? I don't, re- don't really need to read all the way to the end. Or imagine you read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, Lucy climbs into the wardrobe, being careful not to shut the door because one ought never to close oneself in a wardrobe. And she meets Mr. Tumnus, uh, has tea, and comes back through the wardrobe, rejoins her uh, sister and brothers, and you, you think, well, that was great, and you don't read past that part. Or you read a book about nine companions forming this special fellowship to destroy a ring full of evil power, but you don't bother with books two and three because, well, sure, they probably figure it out and get the job done without too much fuss. Um, It would be odd, wouldn't it, to only ever bother with the start of a story. And when it comes to Christmas, people today, uh, and I suppose in the wider world, are, are very interested with Christmas today, here and now, turkey and sprouts and prezzies and mince pies and uh, uh, perhaps a, a, a snooze on the sofa, perhaps a Gaviscon. I don't, I don't know how your day went yesterday. Uh, we discovered don't have any Gaviscon in the house, <laughs> much to my, uh, my loss. Um, some people are interested in Christmas present. Some people are interested in Christmas past, the story of Jesus coming as a baby at Bethlehem, and don't we love a nativity in the school play? Uh, but how many people don't bother at all to find out the end of the story? How many people are happy to hear the start of Jesus' own story, but never bother with the rest of it, all that he says and does on his way to the cross to save us, and all that happens after that? Uh, How many people never bother with the end of our own story, with Christmas future, uh, the ending of our own lives and stories uh, that are even now headed that way at this very moment? And that's what we're thinking about from Revelation, Christmas future. Where is Christmas headed for us? It's not the end of the story. Christmas isn't the end of the story. So what, what is? So today, for just a short time, I promise, we'll flick to the end of the story and find, well, a happy ending that comes in three parts. And here's the first part. The world will be remade. The world will be remade. Uh, so we're looking for the end of the story in these last chapters of the Bible. Of course, the story began at the other end of the Bible, at the beginning. And John, who writes Revelation, reminded us of that in his gospel as well. He said, in the beginning was the Word. And he's talking about Jesus. He says the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then he says, through him all things were made. Uh, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Jesus is God, and he was with God in the beginning. In fact, everything that was ever made was made through him. Uh, And even life itself is a gift from the life that he has. Uh, But we know something soon was not right because there's this mention of darkness, The light of Jesus was shining in darkness, and the darkness didn't understand it, didn't overcome it. Um, I I don't know if you've ever built a toy, uh, maybe Lego, maybe a model airplane, something like that. But when you were almost finished, you looked at the parts you had left, and you realized there's a part here that definitely should have gone in earlier. There's a part here, I've missed a step somewhere, and something in what I'm building doesn't look quite straight or quite stable. Something is wrong. Something's not working here. I hope you didn't have that happened to you yesterday and you have to kind of undo everything. Glue sets, if you're doing something like that. And something like that happened with the world. Not that God missed from him. We wanted more. We wanted to be little gods ourselves. And that makes us 
selfish and yesterday. Uh, so I don't know how you got on. I hope you got on yesterday and maybe lasted a little longer than 20 past 10 for the first family argument. Um, but we spoiled God's world, but God will come back and remake this world, fixing our horrible mistakes. So the world will be remade. John, the Apostle John writes, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. He says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. So John sees a new heaven and a new earth. And who was going to live in this world? Well, God's people, an unimaginably enormous and gigantic city of God's people, people who give themselves to God by trusting in the Lord Jesus. Uh, so Adam was created from the dust of the earth to fill this world, but the new world will be filled with the people of heaven. The world will be remade, and it's going to feel like all our Christmases come at once, uh, not just because it's new and perfect, but because God will live with us. And that's our second idea. The, the world will be remade, and God will live with us. Now, if you're really, really wide awake uh, this morning, uh, as I hope you are almost um, God with us, isn't, isn't that what Christmas was about the first time? God with us, Emmanuel, didn't uh, God with us already happen uh, when Jesus came at Christmas? And yes, of course, you're right. And John uh, writes in his gospel, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us uh, and made God's glory known to us. He came and lived with us. In Jesus, God came and lived with us. But when he comes again, we will go and live with him. Uh, if, if you didn't live here in Ireland uh, or, uh, or where you do live, uh, if you didn't live where you live, where else would you want to live? Where, where would you pick? Um, maybe a log cabin in the mountains. That'd be nice this time of year, wouldn't it? Fire burning in the hearth. Uh, or a sunny apartment uh, at the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, I saw recently that you can, uh, you can go and, and stay for a few nights in the very house where the original Home Alone movie was filmed. Uh, I think it's on Airbnb, which seems like a little bit of a lowering for such a grand old house. But anyway, I think that's where, where you can find it. Uh, maybe you wouldn't choose a house at all. Maybe uh, you'd rather live on a houseboat, on a picturesque canal, something like that, and, you know, protect yourself from climate change in the future. The water level will rise, but sure, it will not matter much to you. Uh, maybe at this time of year, some of you would choose to go and live in Lapland with the big guy. And I suppose he's just starting his holidays, isn't he? So it might be a good time. When God remakes the world, we will live in his new world with him. So John writes, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men or is with his people and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, mourning, crying, pain, for the old order of things has passed away. In Christmas past, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In Christmas future, the dwelling of God is with his people, and he will live with us, and we with him, and everything will be new and perfect forever. I don't know if perhaps there's been some sadness in your house or sickness, or, or angry words, or those, you know, those hot, angry tears when you really just can't anymore? 
Um, well, when God lives with us, there'll be none of that. Uh, nothing to be sad about, no reason to cry, no pain, whether it's the pain of standing on a stray Lego brick or the pain of broken relationships or loss or grief. None of it. God will remake this world and he will live with us. So the world will be remade and God will live with us in the light of Jesus, in the light of Jesus. Darkness is cheap and Scrooge liked it, writes Charles Dickens in A Christmas Carol. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge liked the dark. Darkness suited his stinginess. He didn't want to pay for light or heat, but really darkness suited Scrooge's character, didn't it? Scrooge once said, uh, what was it, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips ought to be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. That's a bit graphic for a Sunday morning, isn't it? Yikes. Uh, human beings, though, we do like the dark uh, when it comes to God. We shy away from his light. We prefer to hide from him. But John writes about Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And later he says, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And then in John's vision of the new creation, here in Revelation, at the end of this age, he says, and why don't we just read 22 to 27 again, he says, I didn't see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, that's Jesus, are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. God's new world is a place where we will feel like we have been living in the dark, but now we're bathing in the light. Uh, like we've been living in black and white, but now we've discovered uh, a billion vivid colors. Like we've been uh, shivering in the cold, but now we're basking in the warmth of God. If you ever see a moth uh, fluttering around a light bulb, uh, a bright, hot light bulb, you know that if it gets too close, it's going to be burned up. Well, maybe, not, maybe not in the LED light bulb uh, generation. Bulbs are not as hot as they used to be, are they? It's a very moth-friendly world. Uh, these days. Uh, but, but people out there in the world see us fluttering and, and, and going back and forth towards God's light, and they think, that means death for us. That's a wasted life. Don't go there. That's an empty hope. But God's light is life. Uh, the more we come into it, the more we know it, uh, it is life to us. And when we come fully and forever into it, we will be more alive than we've ever been. And it's all because of Jesus. Verse 27, nothing impure will ever enter, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus has taken away our shame and our deceit and all our impurity. He took it as his own. He took it to the cross. He took it out into the dark and the cold and in, out into the death that it deserved. And he left it there. He's the Lamb who died in our place like at Passover so that God's judgment would would pass over us uh, and, and fall on him instead. And now our names, imagine this, our names are written in his book. And when you flick over to see the title of the book, it just says life, life. 
This is Christmas future. This is the ending of the story that is so much more exciting even than the beginning. Uh, What's better than Bethlehem? Well, the new Jerusalem. What's better than a shabby inn whose door is shut? Well, a golden city whose gates are never shut. What's better than a guiding star? Well, the light and the glory of God that shines uh, on all. And what's better than God with us? Well, it's us with God. Today, uh, St. Stephen's Day, you might be starting to feel just a little bit sad that Christmas is over. It's a long time before the next Christmas, isn't it? Let's not count it. Uh, But that's only Christmas past and Christmas present. And Christmas past and present are only the beginning of the story. It's only the part where Red Riding Hood sets off. The real story, Christmas future, is God with us and us with God. Uh, A new people remade for a heavenly new world. A place more real, more bright, more glorious than we can even really imagine. And why don't we ask God to help us to look forward to that more than anything. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Let's pray. Father, what a, a brilliant story that you've written. A story with us in the middle of it. A story with an unimaginably great ending yet to come. And someone once wrote, all our lives in this world are only the cover and the title page. And then at last we'll begin chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Father, help us to be drawn to the life-giving, purifying, self-sacrificing light and love of Jesus. And so to look forward more and more to his new world, where we will be with you in his light. And may that hope shape our whole lives for his glory. Amen.